Welcome to A Canadian Investing in the U.S., a podcast and YouTube channel focused on Canadians buying real estate with host Glenn Sutherland. Welcome to another episode of A Canadian Investing in the U.S. This week, my guest is Kira Golden. Kira, you know what? Tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. Um, I am a mom of two. Um, Love to travel, love to spend time on the beach, really interested in work-life balance and creating passive wealth for people. I uh, sort of semi-retired, if you will, in my 20s and then realized that what passive income means when you're 20 is very different from what passive income means when you're a mom of two. And um, so still out kind of building our portfolio and doing real estate deals. Awesome. And maybe tell everybody where you are right now. I live down in Puerto Rico, so I'm down in Puerto Rico. Oh, you actually live there. I was thinking you were on vacation. No, so- no, this is our, our, you're on my patio. Welcome to my, <laughs> sorry, I, I had you all set up to catch the sunset over the ocean, but uh, yeah, we'll, yeah. we'll have to do it next time. You're an American and you live in Puerto Rico. Is there any, any, you know, complicated parts to doing that? Oh, how much time do we have? Uh, <laughs> Uh, the short answer is actually compared to the alternatives, no. Okay. And yes, it's a it's a cultural shift. You know, there's some adjustments. There's things, but I mean, really, the the biggest challenges are things like getting organic produce. <laughs> you know, they're not really real estate related. Um, you know, part of why I came here is because um, in 2006 I left the U.S. and I started investing overseas. And uh, I was worried about the U.S. real estate economy. And quite frankly, I'm a little concerned again. Um, so I was looking for another opportunity. And Puerto Rico is a nice hop from the U.S. because as a U.S. territory, there are a lot of things that are very similar. So it's not quite the same steep learning curve as like Costa Rica or France or Belize or some other places that people might be considering um, because it's just a very similar uh, process to, bu- to buying real estate. And it's, of course, for Americans, it's under the same U.S. tax code with some, some you know, obviously I talked to an accountant, there's some nuance, but, um, but it's a little easier than going truly overseas. Oh, okay, yeah, because I was like, for us, even going from Canada to the U.S., we need like an ITIN number because we don't have a social security number to put on like for applying for loans and stuff like that. So being a U.S. territory, you don't have to deal with that kind of thing, right? Exactly, and for you and your audience, it would be the same thing. Once you've already set it up to buy a house in Alabama, you could buy a house in Puerto Rico. It's it's going to map right over. You don't have another learning curve. You know what? That sounds excellent because I've figured out the rest <laughs> stuff and my accountants all yeah. figured it out. So I that, that's that's exciting. So tell us a little bit about what, what real estate is like in uh, Puerto Rico. What, what, what do you expect and what is it? I, I'm completely blind. I've never even been to Puerto Rico. I've been to like islands and stuff around there, but I haven't actually put my foot on there. Yeah, so you're like me in April of 2014 when I moved here. I'm like, all right, let's do this, you know. <laughs> But there was a learning curve, but I'm happy to say I could short circuit that for you guys. Um, but uh, you know, quite frankly, so we had a big hurricane in 2017, and that was amazing for the island. Oh, like um, so much opportunity, so much funding coming down, contractors are coming down, uh, more tourism than we've seen in a long time. Um, and so our vacation rental properties are getting more demand on the island than they have before. Um, the other big thing, and gosh, I almost kind of feel like a jerk saying this, but um, no, not almost. I do feel like a jerk <laughs> saying this. 
Um, I mean, there are a lot of people who lost their homes. Um, so what happened is the local banks, um, they gave like a two-month uh, grace period for people who were in the hurricane. They lost their jobs. They couldn't pay their mortgage. You know, a lot of people are paycheck to paycheck. And um, so they gave them a grace period. But then my understanding is that pretty much across the board, after the two months, they expected them to catch up. Oh. So... It wasn't like they just added two months on the end of the mortgage. It's like now all of a sudden you have a three-month mortgage payment. So as you can imagine, a lot of people could never catch up. Um, and I, and the banks ended up taking back a lot of property. And I, I'm hoping, hoping and pretty certain that they've changed some of those policies and they've been working with people or they would, they would have gotten back like 90% of the island, you know. Um, but it, what it's done is it's created a, a glut of um, foreclosures and, and properties available to investors. Um, and so we've been snagging those properties. And, and quite frankly, insurance has taken a long time to pay a lot of people. So by us taking back those properties and rehabbing them and then selling them all done, um, we actually think we're sort of helping people get back on track and get back into a home that's been repaired and in good condition and, and safe and secure to live in. Awesome. So I guess you're looking more at like the, the single family homes and uh, you're not going to be looking at condos and short-term rentals and it's sort of like homes for people who live there, right? We're doing both. Like so, right now we actually have cash cash flowing vacation rentals that are available for investors, um, and that we rent out. We've got a management team that does that, um, and then we've just started doing the single fam family. So, if you'd asked me before the hurricane, I would have said the only market down here is vacation rentals. Now I think there's two. I think you've got short term fix and flips and good quality long term buy and hold vacation rentals. And it doesn't hurt in the Canadian winter to hop on a plane and come down to the Caribbean and snorkel. I mean, it was cold here today. I had to wear a jacket. It was 74. <laughs> I'm, I'm not giving you any sympathy for that. Anyway. <laughs> I didn't expect it. Yeah. No, no snow, though, eh? <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, so... Interesting. That's that's it's it's very interesting. What kind of uh, without even like I don't want to dig into like your numbers and stuff, but like is it can you make similar numbers to what you're if you're doing investing in the states, or do you have to sacrifice because of certain things? No. So I would say it's it's bad. It's much. I'm not saying it is much better um, in general. I mean, there are some challenges. So some. Let me talk about first some of the things that make it harder here. It's not a very liquid market. So if you buy something, you could end up holding onto it for a long time, unless like with the flips, you, you know that you're gonna sell it for a lot less than market, so you can flip it fast. Um, but if you're buying something at market, you're probably gonna hold it for cash flow for a long time. There's just not a, a gluttony of buyers. Um, there are more and more people coming down and that traction's picking up, so I think it's the bottom and I think it's the right time to be buying inventory, but I want people to go in eyes wide open. Um, so that's one of the challenges here. The other challenge is their banking system, right? You're not going to get a lot of leverage. Um, but despite all of that, the kinds of yields and returns I'm seeing down here are like what I was seeing in the U.S. in 2009, 2010, 2011. So it's like we've ridden the wave in the States for 10 years. I feel like that thing's about to crash and burn. And if you're still surfing on that on that wave, sorry, sucker. Um what we've done is we've moved to another piece of the ocean, and those are just starting to crest. Okay. And so you, you said that you're not going to get as good uh, loan-to-value. What can you? What would you expect down there? Um, it really depends on your relationship with the bank. So 
Um, and so that's actually one of the things we try to do with investors from out of town is leverage our pre-existing banking relationship and make introductions and say, hey, here's an investor. We've qualified them as our buyer and they're going to buy you know, XYZ and we'd like you to help us get financing. If you can get financing, there is 2%, 3% money down here, just like in Canada, as opposed to the five, six, sevens people are paying in the States. Um, but, uh, but you, but the leverage, you know, 50% is, is pretty standard. Okay. Um, some residential will get higher with FHA and HUD. You can get to 80%, 85. Um, those are hard loans to get. I mean, I think, you know, when we underwrite, we only assume levering at 50%, um, but that still creates phenomenal, phenomenal cash on cash returns. Cool. And what are the prices of these properties down there? Yeah, so you, literally you could buy a house for $25,000 up through our penthouse units, which are like 30-something hundred square feet, four bedrooms, three baths, beautiful views of the ocean, would go for sub sub four, three, 360 to 380. Um, so there's a, there's a nice, I mean, for you guys, it'd be like a rounding error on one of your other deals. <laughs> so... <laughs> if you were like starting to invest down there, where would you would you start in like the 150s, the 100? Where would be a good spot to actually have use as a rental that would be you know presentable to that an American or Canadian or whoever would want to like travel down there and stay at? Yeah, it really depends so much on on one's you know personal liquidity and financial situation and all of that 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 they need to kind of think through on their in their situation. Yeah. Um, having said that, I would say that. Um, Generically speaking, my strategy is always start with a low a low threshold, right? So start at a fifty thousand dollar property that a lot of people could buy um, because if it's not working for you, you want you want to be on the easier side of, of getting out of the deal, or if you can't get your money back, you know you want to be on the lower end. If that's working and the cash flow is really kicking off and you're doing great, then it it doesn't hurt to upgrade to more expensive properties because. They're typically in nicer properties, and you know it's something you might actually want to come down and stay in and and, yep. and be in. So awesome! And then are these? Are you typically looking at condos then, like where someone's taking care of part of it? Yeah, so we have condos for sale right now, um, and that's what we really really like. Our condos, like you said, it's a low maintenance thing. Pay your HOA dues, let someone else deal with the headaches. Um, but we also we have houses, and what we're in the process of doing is putting together a sort of a turnkey management process for that so that it's it for the investor it feels the same as owning a condo right you just you yeah. pay your turnkey yeah. fee and there you go okay so like uh, for turnkey you guys would already have bought it renovated it put a tenant in it or running it as a short-term rental and uh, be running the cleaning and whatever if it's a short-term rental like everything's all included exactly so that'll appeal to a lot of people because then they can, you know, it's, it runs itself mostly. Um, you, you know, you, you always manage the manager, but uh, <clears throat> runs itself. Hey. <laughs> I do. I check all my. I've caught my. No, I, I, I'm kidding. <laughs> totally. yeah. I've caught I've my got... property number, my, my property management with just like rounding errors and little things yeah. here and there. Man, yeah, you got to double check. And, and quite frankly, you know, we love when people come down and visit us down in Puerto Rico. So come on down, check out your real estate. Have a pina colada. Go see where Columbus landed. <laughs> this is excellent. So, what what else do I need? What what questions am I missing asking? What's what what do I what do people need to know? Um, I mean, send me the paperwork. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, 
you're running a company too, right? So like maybe tell us a little bit about your company. And yeah. yeah. So, uh, so, so yeah, you hit the nail on that. This is my exciting kind of pet project. I love this project, but realistically what we've done for the last, you know, five years has been really focused on multifamily, um, apartment complexes. So, you know, we we're doing 200 unit to 400 unit in that kind of range, typically, um, apartment buildings. So we've got a team, um, and, and really you, you talked about managing the manager. I mean, that's, that's essentially what I spend most of my time doing is managing managers and, and, um, making sure just kind of double checking, being a backstop, um, to make sure that everything's running smoothly. Cool. Um, I just thought of this, it's kind of, I'm just kind of jumping all over the place, but U.S. lenders, like if I had contacts with like, you know, whatever, like a hard money lender or um, some sort of, you know, online bank or stuff like that, would they, I guess it'd be bank to bank, but do they really lend in Puerto Rico or is it sort of start over again with the Puerto Rico lenders? Yeah, no, that's a great question. So that's been... I think it's part of why there's an opportunity. So, so if, I know a lot of Canadians came down to Phoenix, which is my home real estate market. Um, and you know, you guys were down there when it was illiquid, right? 2009, seven, eight, nine, ten. Nobody was lending money, even in the U.S. No one was lending money, yep. and so it was cash, cash, uh, cash is king, deal making environment. That's Puerto Rico right now. You know, the local banks are really your only option. Um, there's not, a, I, I keep saying if I had the time, then I would create a hard money lending entity down here because the, like the, the yields are there and someone's got to just do it. And I'm sure it'll happen soon, just what I've seen happen. And I've seen this happen already a decade ago. So, you know, I know how the pieces come together. Yeah. Um, but there isn't a lot of liquidity. So it's an opportunity, definitely, for people who want to do private lending. Um, I keep trying with my guys in the States, the institutional hard money lenders, the, um, you know, Corvasts and the Five Arches and the H and they're just, they're, they're not, I'll, and I'll tell you what happened. A lot of those guys on other sides of their business got burned with Puerto Rico debt. A lot of people bought, I'm not saying those three in particular, yep. but a lot of um, investors bought Puerto Rico bonds and, and those have not worked out well for them. And so a lot of the, the debt side of the business is just like, eh, eh, we're not going down. Um, and then also because of uh, Puerto Rico's credit rating, um, it's, you know, you can't get traditional debt because you can't, they can't securitize it and sell it. So you really just have bank balance sheet loans and that's why leverage is lower. Um, and that's why I also think uh, private party lending would be exceptional and would do really well down here. Excellent. Okay. So let's just jump the gun. I, I'm saying I'm interested in this and I'm like, I want to go buy some of these properties because in all honesty, a lot of uh, Canadians are going to the States even and buying at low leverage rates. I know it's very common to pay a 65% loan to value. So going 50% sure. loan to value and getting into like tropical paradise is, is not it may be, like, <laughs> worth it. Right. So, um, <clears throat> Let's let's talk. So, you do you have a website? Like, do do we can we go view properties? Like, what's the what's the best way to do this? Yeah, um, you know, honestly, the best thing to do is probably to oh my god, I'm going to regret this. Email me. <laughs> uh, uh, um, so it's Kira K I R A, just Kira yeah. at directsourcewealth.com. Kira directsourcewealth.com, and. Um, you know, we, we are in the process of launch, like you guys are literally the first to hear about this. Like we're in the process of launching the website. We've been buying down here since 2014, but we've just been building our process, our system, 
making that all happen. We're just now really kind of opening it up. So um, there will be some information, but if you email me, I can get people on a on a list and then send it out when when the, when it's ready. Awesome. I really sure. appreciate all your time. I'm actually excited. I, I, I hey, <laughs> yeah, I love excitement. Yeah, I'm 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 very interested to go at least take a look at through some of the properties and see if they're going to match up because I'm like, you know what? I, I was I was thinking about going into like South Florida or something, but I'm like, you know what? If it's some the same barriers I'm I have going to all the way to Puerto Rico and stuff like, you know, why not? <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah, no, absolutely. You'll get much better returns here. South Florida is so overbought. I was looking there first before I came down here, you know, yeah. and it's, this is good. You know, um, so thanks so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate your time. I know you're a busy person. <laughs> no worries. I appreciate your time too. And, um, we'll see you down here in Puerto Rico. That sounds awesome. All right. Thanks again, Kara. Take care. Bye. You just listened to episode 50 which means we are almost at the one-year mark, as I do a weekly show. I wanted to do something for the one-year mark. So Joe Fairless, I talked to him, who was our guest on episode 18, and he has graciously donated a book, uh, the best-ever syndication book, a four-part system for raising money and buying apartments. The reason you need this book, if even if you go, I'll, I'm not sure I want to do apartment syndication, it will teach you nuts to bolts on how to do multifamily. So I, this, is, this isn't the one I'm giving away. This is my book. I personally have spent the money to buy this book, and I am a huge fan of Joe Fairless and his show. Uh, I subscribe to that show and, and uh, contribute in his community on Facebook. Anyway, I'm going to be giving away the book. So in order to get a copy of this book, what you need to do is you need to send me an email Glenn at glensutherland.com. In the subject line, just say one year. And in the actual subject of the email, if you could just say where you subscribe to the podcast. If you're Stitcher, if you're iTunes, if you're YouTube, if you watch it on LinkedIn, just so I get an idea where everyone's coming from. I will try to do the book giveaway on episode 52, but I might actually wait a little bit and give it away uh, 54, 55 because it gives a little, people a little bit of time to actually listen to the episodes, because I know there's a bit of a lag. Anyway, thank you everyone for tuning in. I appreciate all your time. Have a great week. Bye.